Jeff. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Welcome back, friends, once again to This Changes Everything, your favorite therapy theme podcast. Today we are talking about something that many people have written in about. I'm very excited. We're talking about attachment styles in relationships. Love talking about attachment styles. I think my practice, my therapy practice, just sort of naturally started to focus on people that have an anxious attachment style. Um, so for the like bulk of my practice is like there's just like a bunch of anxious cuties that are coming, <laughs> walking through my door, being like, ah, <laughs> I'm anxious. <laughs> uh, so I, I specialize, I guess, in sort of like people feeling really anxious in relationship. And if you're going to focus or specialize on that, you're just going to kind of like naturally learn about all the attachment styles. So it'd be fun to talk about the four main attachment styles and then how to kind of cope with it or tolerate it if you're the one experiencing these attachment styles or if you're in relationship with somebody that has that attachment style and also focusing on like the dynamic between somebody who has an anxious attachment style and who's dating somebody who has or is in relationship with who has an avoidant attachment style because those folks find each other so much. Yes. <laughs> and there's a lot of fireworks that can happen. So you know, it it's takes kind of like managing. one of those opposites attract sort of mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah, but maybe so. in like not the best way. <laughs> not the best way, but trying to kind of like reframe it in like, a, okay, this is your babe and how can we make this into a healing relationship or a corrective experience? There's lots of stuff to learn here. Or when is it maybe like you're too far apart on the spectrum and it might yeah. be a good idea to find somebody who's a little closer to your attachment style. So we'll get that, get to that towards the end of the episode. But we can start with just sort of like defining the attachment yes. styles so that people are on the same page. And also noting that like... um Attachment styles can come from lots of different places. Like we develop attachment styles based on how we were raised and our family, parents, caregivers, how they interacted with us. Um, And also we're like affected by the relationships that we're in, the society or the culture that we're living in. There's so many things that are affecting our attachment style. But a lot of times it comes down to your childhood and how you were given love, or if love was given to you uh, readily, or if it was scarce, or um, what you feel like you had to like act like or be like in order to receive love. Um, so uh, there's there's a lot of factors, and it's hard to kind of like pin it down. It also seems like sometimes you just sort of like come out of the womb a certain way, like you just have a yeah. temperament, and that's like the way you skew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 So let's break down these four. Mm-hmm. The first one, let's get it out of the way. The easy one, secure attachment. This is you had positive model of yourself. You feel good and secure about your identity and who you are. You have a positive model of other people and understanding that um, other people can be trusted and other people can trust you. This is your secure person in a relationship, you know, they got Mm -hmm. the messages of love and acceptance and, uh, Mm -hmm. they had their needs responded to in a healthy way when they were children. And this leads to low anxiety in relationships, low avoidance. Mm -hmm. 
These people good are good percentage of people. I want to say it's like sixty percent of people are security. Uh, yeah, I've heard between like fifty and sixty percent, which yeah. feels like a lie. But, um, but same. I'm like, where are these people? I've met none of. Maybe my boyfriend. He is very securely attached. But that's about it. Yeah, these people are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Just like get a fucking life. Well, it's not our listeners, probably. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you are. <laughs> um, these are the people that like characters in movies and TV shows are never based on because never. they're not dramatic. They're not interesting. I, I'm kind of. I mean, we love our secure people. Yes. They're not like incredible. And we boring, hope that we all get to a place exactly. where we can be secure in relationships. We want to be you, basically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're just jealous. Okay. Yeah, we're just exactly. Um, but it, interesting, like there is, there are not a lot of examples in TV and film of people that are insecure relationships because it doesn't make for like entertaining watching. There's, there's like, did you ever watch that show Friday Night Lights? No. No. Well, there's like a mom and dad that have like the sweetest, loving, most oh. supportive, caring relationship. And you're like hoping that it just stays secure the whole time and it basically does it's just sort of like a really good example of two people communicating and going through trials and tribulations um lovely there yeah so i'll try to think of like if there's any other secure examples out there but there's not many yeah because we will talk about some of these later but sometimes they come with big feelings some of the Mm -hmm. other attachment styles that Mm -hmm. can look very dramatic which Mm -hmm. makes for great television and <laughs> yes exactly you know, i was on reality television so i mean hello you don't find anybody <laughs> securely attached on there no possible no exactly that but that that's all that to say that like if you do have a secure attachment and you do feel pretty stable and grounded in relationship it doesn't mean that you won't ever get anxious or you won't ever feel mm-hmm. like you need a lot of space you know like you still could feel um, insecure in relationship and it could like manifest in different ways. But a lot of times like you, you trust, you sort of like have this trust and respect and you like have hope and optimism and and, like give, you know, have like good and like trust that your person has good intentions, give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Right. I always think about the four agreements Mm, with mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. the, the always assume, Mm -hmm. Like, don't make assumptions. Don't like, right. and if you're going to like, give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, uh, always try your best, and mm-hmm. understand that your best is different from day to day. It's a, it's kind of like a very empathetic and also self compassionate way mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. see things. And I think there's, um, yeah, I think that giving people the benefit of the doubt is such a big part. You know, you can imagine like uh, you go to a party with your significant other and they talk to somebody in a way that you see like maybe is kind of flirty. Mm-hmm. A secure person, or like maybe you think that or like it could look like that. A secure person would give their partner the benefit of doubt and know that they're in a secure relationship and uh, yeah. they're just talking and it's no big deal. Exactly. You might see something different. From somebody who's, say, anxious. Yeah. They might be scanning for reasons to feel really anxious while the secure person is just like, oh, huh. 
Like, it seems like they're really getting along with that person over there. And also, I feel really solid in my relationship, and I hope they're having a fun conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, secure peop- secure folks. I feel like one of the reasons it feels like we don't see a lot of them out there is because they're just in, like, long-term relationships. Yeah. Right? They're, like, no drama and... Yeah. Yeah, they're not making a bunch of noise. They're just sort of, like, doing the thing, you know? So yeah. we love our secure folks. I, I am definitely dating someone who is securely attached yeah it is like anytime i start getting a little in my head about things or making assumptions he'll be like did i give you any indication that that was how i felt or Mm. can we talk about this Mm -hmm. let's explore this he does not get defensive Mm. he's understanding i'm Mm -hmm. like oh must be nice (laughs) But I'll tell you, as when you are in a relationship with somebody who is securely attached, it can be very helpful in healing some attachment injuries mm. and and mm-hmm. working on those attachment styles because that is the goal. You know, we all want to get to that place yes. where we can be securely attached and and have positive models for others and for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next one. Which which one are we talking about next? Mm, how about uh, dismissive of or avoidant? Okay, let's talk about the avoidant babes. Uh, yeah. what, what can you tell us, Sarah? So dismissive and avoidant people, if you kind of think of, of all these four attachment styles as having a a way to look at others and a way to look at yourself. And a avoidant person will have a positive model of themselves. Like I see myself as good, I can handle it, mm-hmm. and a distrust or negative model of other people. Mm-hmm. And so other people, they are not to be trusted. They're, they're, the big fear is I'm going to be hurt by somebody. And so the reaction is I'm going to put up some walls. And they are usually the people who have low anxiety and high avoidance. Mm-hmm. They are... The ones who, you know, I have, I have a lot of confident female friends Mm -hmm. and we, a lot of us have discussed how we have an avoidant attachment style because Mm -hmm. we're like, no, I can handle it. And we were all raised by single mothers, Mm -hmm. which kind of gave us this message. We can handle it. We're fine. We'll do it ourselves. No big deal. I don't need anybody else. Yeah. Low anxiety and high uh, just avoiding those, mm-hmm. like the diving in and, and committing in relationships. Yeah. So like you're saying, a lot of times people who have an avoidant attachment style is role modeled for them when they were kids and that's where they picked up on it. Or they started to like be more avoidant when they were children because that's what worked for them. Because um, if they were like really you know, anxious or overwhelmed, then maybe they wouldn't get their like needs met or they wouldn't feel love. But if they were just sort of like a little more detached and hanging out, then their parent would like give them attention or give them praise or something. So 
Um, there is, but there is like when it comes down to it, there's like a feeling of insecurity. It's just that like it manifests in like this avoidant sort of way. So the kind of classically like want more space, feel too overwhelmed if things get like too close or intimate. Um, they might not have like a bunch of like really good emotional language or capacity to kind of like get in there and process and stay really connected. Um, they might have to kind of like dip in and out of these sorts of like intimate, close conversations. Um, Is this maybe people who have a lot of acquaintances and maybe mm, less mm-hmm. like less mm-hmm. of those deep close friends? Yes, or maybe that's a little harder. Okay, yeah, for sure. And there's also like this thing that in our in the West or here in like in America, we sort of like put these people, especially men on these like pedestals of like, they're so independent They're They don't need anybody. Like they're so, and and it it leads into this sort of like toxic individualism. Um, we're like, that's what we're praising all the time. So our society and culture sort of like reinforces being avoidant and being detached from your emotions. Like that's a hot, sexy thing. Um, when really that's going to get in the way of like a long-term close intimate relationship, you know? Yes, that's such a good point. You know, are there, do you see um, attachment styles differ by gender? Uh, Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of that is just sort of like the way that we're conditioned. Mm -hmm. So men might be more avoidant because that's what we think is like hot or attractive or interesting. And that's what, that's how to be masculine is to like not be in touch with your feelings. So we never like really practice talking in those ways or feeling in those ways. And then maybe women or people who are more femme um, will like skew more anxious and overwhelmed and emotional or sensitive or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do see them falling along the gender lines. Do you see that? Yeah. And then with, with of course the outliers and the few exceptions, you know, I think there's, you know, societally we, we, accept or encourage women to be more emotional and more vulnerable. And I think that goes hand in hand and people who have an avoid and attachment style tend to not take risks and be vulnerable. Like they mm-hmm. are usually not the, um, yeah, like not as, as, as vulnerable and yeah. they maybe have a little bit more walls up in that. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we have a very narrow, um, uh, I don't know, like idea of Mm -hmm. of what masculine is. And -hmm. there's not a lot of room for vulnerability and emotional display, at least in the past. I'm very happy to see that that's changing. And, you know, it's shifting, but it's still very much there. And I was married to somebody who was who had an avoidant attachment style. And it was really, you know, when we would like get into a conversation, whether it was a fight or like I wanted to process something, she would only have a certain amount of time (laughs) that she could do that. And then I would see like just something kind of like her eyes would glaze over or her like energetically, she would just sort of like pull back. 
Um, and it, and it, then it left me feeling like more anxious or disappointed or disconnected or something. And she didn't want to do that. Like she wanted to stay connected. She wanted to like work things out, but she would just sort of like reach this point where she felt like way too overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would just sort of like check out. So then we had to figure out like, how are we going to handle that? Um, and how can I not take that personally? And we can talk more about that a little bit later. Um, I do, there's been like podcasts in the past that I've been on where I sort of like joking, jokingly like give avoidance shit, like, oh, it's fucking avoidance. What the fuck is wrong with them? But there's nothing really, (laughs) there's nothing really quote unquote wrong with them. It's just like, this is how they are in relationship. And how can we be compassionate just as compassionate as people who are anxious or disorganized or secure? Like, it's totally yeah. fine that they are the way they are, but I think they get it like they get a bad rap because they're the ones that are like bailing a little bit more or asking putting for up space, the walls, putting yeah. up the walls. And it's easy to be like, mm-hmm. "There's something wrong with you for putting up the walls," and I'm the one that wants to like work this out, you know? Right. It can yeah. sometimes, but when in reality, some of the other attachment styles mm-hmm. may create more distance with mm-hmm. attempts to almost be close. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes it, it may appear that avoidant attachment styles do not want to be in relationships. Mm-hmm. But that's not, I mean, we all, we're humans. Yeah. We all, deep yeah. down, have a not only a desire for connection, a need, a like, we will not survive mm-hmm. without connection. Mm-hmm. So, that I think they they uh, have it pretty tough because they're um, I don't know default like response system mm-hmm. is a, go- a counter like yeah. and, like go directly it goes against what deep down they really really want right. so creating such like an internal struggle of like I want this closeness I want to be in a relationship. But I'm so fearful that somebody – I can't trust somebody or somebody will hurt me or somebody will leave mm-hmm, me that mm-hmm. I can't even do it. Mm-hmm. I can't even mm-hmm. take that leap. Exactly. So let's try to like be conscious of that and have compassion for those avoidant babes. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be in relationship just as much as you want to be in relationship. Um, before we get into the anxious attachment styles, I want to talk about next Evo Naturals. <laughs> I am securely attached to my Evo Naturals. That's for sure. Yeah. Tell me about it, Sarah. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, first of all, you know, I love a little gummy, a little like candy mm-hmm. sweet mm-hmm. treat and a sweet treat that will also chill me out just like reduce my stress. I always say I notice that I have less fidgety feet and hands. <laughs> I take my CBD. I'm about to get on a plane to go on a trip mm-hmm. and you bet I have this packed in my carry-on because I absolutely need a little something when I'm on the airplane. Yes, 100%. And even even like if I forget to take my CBD, it's just, it's, I, I love that I know that I have it. Like it's mm-hmm. there whenever I need it. So it's just sort of like this like safety valve for me. Yeah. Um, and it makes me feel less stressed. It makes it so that like, I don't have trouble sleeping. And like I said before, I'm able to like fall back asleep 
if I wake up in the middle of the night. So if you want to get to the root of stress with the stress CBD complex from Next Evo Naturals, you can get 25% off your subscriptions of orders of $50 or more by using the promo code changes at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com. Promo code changes. Um, it'll change your life. It's great. We love it here on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, all those anxious cuties, anxious attachment styles. What do you got for yes. us, Sarah? This is what you see often, yes? This is what I see a lot. Mm-hmm. These are the... Uh, I, I like to think of this as like... And correct me if I'm wrong. Is yeah. this like the person who you go on one date with them and then... They look at your entire Instagram profile and every single picture that's ever been on there. And then they um, imagine what your wedding is going to be like (laughs) and the kids you're going to have and all Mm -hmm. that future. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Yeah, that's not uncommon for somebody that has an anxious because they can like quickly go into like, is this person going to leave me? Like, what's going to happen? What is our future going to look like? How can I feel secure and knowing that like we have something to look forward to? Um, so they're, they, they're all about the milestones of like, um, dating, defining the relationship, saying, I love you. Are we going to move in? We move in, getting engaged, getting married, like not always, but like a lot of things, like a lot of times the milestones are like these little secure markers. And when they reach them, they feel good. And they're like, cool, what's next? Like, (laughs) how Uh can I continue to like, start to feel even more secure in this relationship? Cause I'm feeling pretty anxious. And, you know, this kind of stems from, like we were saying, those positive models or negative models mm-hmm. of self or others. This one comes from a negative model of themselves, and you can kind of imagine that, of that mm-hmm. person who's like, I'm not good enough. You're just going to leave me. I know. It's just because you don't love me, right? Mm-hmm. And they need that reassurance all the time because they have a negative model of themselves, maybe struggle with some uh, uh, self-esteem, maybe self-compassion issues and they have a positive model of others. Oh, this mm-hmm. person's so good. I'm not good enough to be with them mm-hmm. and need that constant reassurance that can really ultimately like make somebody question the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if you're constantly, the other partner, at least. yeah, if you're constantly asking for reassurance, you're just like, you might, if you're the partner that's being asked for it, you're like, am I doing something wrong here? Am I not loving them enough? Like what's going mm-hmm. on here? Um, This is high anxiety mm -hmm. and low avoidance. They are like needing to be next to you all the time. They are desiring all the closeness and so worried and preoccupied with the Mm -hmm. relationship. They are really good at cuddling. And uh, a lot of times they like to have sex and maybe like frequent sex because that can like bring them feelings of security. That's like it can be super connecting. Um, they like to hold hands. They like PDA. They, like you said, they like all the validation and the reassurance. And if you say like, oh, I really like you, they'll be like, tell me why you like me. Top five reasons. You know? Like- oh my gosh. <laughs> I have definitely played this game. Uh, did I tell you that I, I changed? Uh, did I talk on here about how I changed something that I used to ask my boyfriend because of things we talked about on the show? Oh, uh, what was it? Okay, so I used to, uh, and I, I thought it was like cute and whatevs, but it's definitely not. I would say, how much do you love me? Mm, mm-hmm. And we went on this camping trip where there were kids on the, 
the trip and one of the kids was talking about i don't know how much he loved how much he loved something that he was eating and he was like i love this the whole world much and so then it kind of became our thing when i would be like how much you love me and he goes the whole world much and it's really cute yeah but then i started realizing like what i was really doing Mm. by demanding that my partner in that moment Mm -hmm. to fill my anxious need Tell me how much he loves me. He doesn't need to do that right then. I, I, if I'm secure in my relationship and in my attachments, I just know. And mm-hmm. I don't need that reassurance. And, yes, it's cute. And every now and then, you know, he'll be like, I love you the whole world much. And I like to hear that. But I realized what I was looking for in mm-hmm. asking that mm-hmm. and how it was rooted in something that maybe wasn't as healthy as it mm-hmm. looked on the surface. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of times, like, you're trying to feel filled up or, like, you want yes. them to, like, fill this void or something when really, like, they're not going to be able to do that as much as you want them to do that. And there's something you have to kind of, like, look for inside of yourself. And, yeah. yeah. But oftentimes those those anxious cuties are, like, they're the, cl- the glue that keep the relationship together. They are, like, doing a lot of the emotional labor they're making sure that you have all the plans and you're doing all the good, like, uh, lovely things of going on vacation or spending quality time or yeah. getting really cool presents or whatever it is. Taking like, those couple photos that <laughs> you're rolling your eyes at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I have been known to skew anxious uh, in the past. And um, I think, like, it's, especially when I was a teenager and into my 20s, and into my early 30s, I was definitely somebody that had an anxious attachment style. And that was sort of like what led me, I think, to like focus more in my therapy practice, like to serve people that had an anxious attachment. Because I totally get it. I can understand how overwhelming it is. My like heart would feel twisted if I wasn't getting the the reassurance or the validation that I needed. I also felt really ashamed of like needing so much or wanting mm-hmm. so much. Um, so a lot of times people with an anxious attachment style, like they want to ask for, uh, reassurance, but they're, they're too embarrassed to actually say it because they think or feel like it would be really unattractive and society and culture tells us that it's unattractive and unattractive to be like, quote unquote, needy. Uh-huh. So like you feel high maintenance. Yeah, high maintenance. Like you should just be yeah. fucking chill, like an avoidant or something, or like not ask for what you want in relationship, <sighs> right? And that's especially difficult if you are younger and mm. dating. Like there's this attitude of like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be like cool. I'm gonna be the not need one. I'm gonna be like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care, whatevs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-uh. it's it's that kind of. It's it's not as hot as you think to be the really chill partner. And it's also it's very fucking annoying because, like, I want to know what you want. I want to meet your needs. I want to be there for you. And if you're just like, I'm easy, then it's like, I don't even know how to be oh. a partner to you, you know? All those kind of games, like mm-hmm. the things that fall into, you know, like, I think I would even throw that whole waiting however many stupid days mm-hmm. after the date to mm-hmm. call. I'm like, we're not. 18. Come on. Yeah. This is ridiculous. No, don't <laughs> no. do that. And don't do that when you're just call him back. If you have fun, give him a, give him a call or text exactly. or whatever. You know, I just like, why are we doing that? So like it, it, I often see relationships, uh, move at a faster pace when people are older because we kind of get mm-hmm. through these, these, mm-hmm. uh, 
I don't know. Yeah. Through the bullshit. Bad habit. Yeah. Yeah, The bullshit. Get through the bullshit. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. I was looking for the therapy term, but bullshit works too. So So those are the the anxious attached cuties. And then there's Mm -hmm. the disorganized attached attached style. Yeah, and that's a uh, and and this is in all of the research that they do, they always say that this is like the very smallest percentage of the pie. Where like if secure is fifty and anxious is almost twenty five and avoidance is only twenty five, then maybe like two to five percent has a disorganized attachment style. Mm. Um, so. What do you have to say about disorganized attachments? I feel like I could maybe fall into this category Can't a little you? bit. Yeah. I think in the past, I, I, yeah, I think that it, well, first let's mm-hmm. talk about it, these mm-hmm. models. So it's a negative model of yourself, mm-hmm. of themselves and a negative model of others. So I'm, I'm not worthy or I'm worthless and other people can't be trusted Mm -hmm. and it creates high anxiety and high avoidance, but still this desire for closeness, this strong desire for closeness, especially because I feel like there's that big hole that's kind of missing and, and then not even knowing what that closeness looks like or feels like. And it comes with such a hard time trusting others. It may be because there were, um, uh, there could have been abuse or neglect from mm-hmm. caregivers in early life. Mm-hmm. Um, they often fear rejection and abandonment. Like somebody's just going to reject me. That's my biggest fear is rejection mm-hmm. and abandonment. That mm-hmm. is one that comes up so much where I, I kind of go back and forth with the, you know, avoidant or anxious thing, which is disorganized mm-hmm. because I, I want that closeness so bad. And then when it feels like something that I don't, I, oh man, I don't, I don't have a model for this. This seems scary and I'm worried I'm going to get hurt. So Mm -hmm. then I will put up walls, Mm -hmm. but at the same time want so bad to be close. (laughs) And it's like, so it's gotta be so confusing. It's confusing. It's a bit of it's a like, roller coaster. I love coaster. you so much. This is too complicated. Maybe I should just pack up my stuff and leave. What? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's kind of like a I hate you, please don't leave me sort of vibe. Um, yeah. I'm scared to be with you. I never can live without you. Like there's sort of like it's there's a real duality um, and you can kind of like flip flop back and forth. But like you're saying, like there is a real true desire to be close. And that's when it sort of like looks a little bit anxious, like I anxiously want to be close to you. And then I'm like, I'm here. I'm close. And you're like, how the fuck am I going to trust this shit? Like I'm back in the yep. fuck up. Right. And that's the avoidant looking. So it's sort of best of both worlds or worst of both worlds. I don't know of like the anxious and avoidant. Where you're just sort of like going back and forth. And yeah, a lot of times it happens because of like trauma or abuse or severe neglect. Where like you want to trust your parents, but they're not present for you. And so like you're like, is there something wrong with me? I think so. Is there something wrong with them? Most likely. I can't trust anybody or anything. Like it's just sort of like. Yep. Danger, danger. Other people and putting your trust in others or letting those walls down equals Mm -hmm. danger, equals you know, you're going to be, you put yourself in harm's way. You're really exposing yourself to getting hurt. If you, if you 
put those walls down, but you have to do it. And if you want like a real intimate relationship, and then if you do put those walls up and then, then you feel horrible that you put them up and then you're like, well, now I'm not in a relationship. Like this is, so it's a real yep. up and down. It's, and it can be sad and lonely. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of work that, that there's a lot of, oh, I think partners have to be so patient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think individuals with this attachment style have to co- like continuously do the work mm-hmm. to recognize ways that you are re- reacting mm-hmm. that may be old tapes and old things playing out and not tapes. Who uses tapes? No, I should really update my <laughs> vocabulary. Your references here. Yeah. I don't know what else to call that. Old models, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you're like, it, it's, it, you have to really work to be aware of your mm-hmm. reactions. Yeah. I think especially takes- in times that are good. Ugh. Ugh, I know that's the worst part. I think that like, like my boyfriend's like, let's move in, move in, and I want you to yeah. live with me. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. I should probably pack up and move out. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> I told and I tell him this. I'm like, I'm having a reaction right now that I know is not correct, and I I know what's going on. So we talk about it, okay. and I can tell him like, this is how I'm feeling, and this is what. Uh, my, you know, I, I kind of call it my like automatic brain is saying, or like, mm-hmm. this is what my reactive mind is saying, but this is what my rational wise mind is also saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but we- there's a lot of thoughtfulness that has to go on inside of you. And also your partner has to be really thoughtful and understanding. Yeah. So I have a list here of 10 signs of disorganized attachment oh, in adults for people who might be wondering. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll go through some of these in quick, but unable to regulate emotions, most emotional dysregulation. Uh, there's like those really intense emotions that you feel like you can't even calm yourself down. That was something I definitely had to practice. Uh, strong fear of being hurt, rejected, or abandoned by loved ones. Uh, chronically vigilant and anxious. Uh, low self-agency or a sense of not having maybe an impact on your world, not mm-hmm. having control in your life, um, a feeling of ineffective and helplessness in life, maybe poor goal-oriented behavior, difficulties with bonding, opening up to or trusting others, uh, possibly showing contradictory behavior in intimate relationships, exactly what you were saying before, I hate you, don't leave me, mm-hmm. and then alternating between clinginess and aloofness. And last and least, exhibiting characteristics and behaviors of the two insecure attachment styles, which we've discussed, mm-hmm. dismissive and preoccupied. Yeah, that's a really good sort of like definition or of, of what they feel and what they go through. A lot of times, like if you do have a disorganized attachment style, one of the great ways to treat it is to go to therapy. And because um, a lot of times you're going to experience all these things with your therapist. And so, Such a good point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So for your therapist to kind of like gently be able to like care for you and call you out on shit and talk to you about like what you're experiencing, how you're feeling, how you're sabotaging the therapeutic relationship, how you feel like you're a burden on them or how you feel too attached to your therapist. Like it's just such a wonderful relationship to kind of like yes. practice in and feel better in and then go out into the world and feel more connected with all the people. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is that I'm so glad you talk about that because that we really do play out mm-hmm. our relationships in real life in 
well, play out these these kind of patterns in mm-hmm. in every relationship we have, and the relationship with the therapist is the same. How that uh, uh, looks for me is I'll do. I know I need to go to therapy, so I'll do a session with the therapist, and I will tell her everything. Tot like just mm-hmm. oh, just look, just open book. Here's all of the crap. It's so emotional. I'm crying, and then I will cancel the next three sessions. <laughs> No, and I'm like, no, nope, can't do it. Too much. Mm-hmm. I told, I've told her to, and now I can't do it. I, I got to not do this thing, and then I have to like walk, work through that. Right. Go. Nope. You got to do it. It's it's the. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you have a good enough therapist, then you can like work through these sort of anxious and avoidant feelings and disorganized attachment, and mm-hmm. and learn to trust them, which will allow you to like learn to trust more people. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful that like the relationships that we have can be so healing, you know, mm-hmm. as we go through these or you know, at, went through these four, I don't want people to, uh, you know, connect to one and then think, oh, this is just me. I'm like this for forever mm-hmm. and there's no changing and oh no, what am I going to do? How can I be ever have a healthy relationship when we have healthy relationships with people that make us feel like we can trust them and they show us, um, you know, that people can be trusted and they, they show Mm -hmm. us that we are, um, worthy as well, then we can mend these attachment injuries and, and really work on this stuff and, and fix these, Mm -hmm. these kind of behaviors to become securely attached. Exactly. And I like to think that like, um, I sort of look at it as like, which way do you trend? Because like sometimes you can feel really anxious or avoidant or disorganized or super secure in relationship. And it kind of like depends on a lot of factors, namely the person that you're with, like the person that you're with is going to like trigger or activate different parts of you that are going to make you feel uh, different types of attachment styles. So with some people, I feel more secure, others more avoidant or anxious. And it also depends on like where I am in my life and how many friends I have or the community that I'm connected to or the job or the school, you know, like there's just like so many things that are happening. So I see people kind of like sliding up and down, like on all the spectrums. Um, and it's just sort of like maybe, when you're feeling like most triggered or most activated, you probably act a certain way, but you can like continue to kind of like move towards feeling more secure in relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So let's talk about like what to do if you have these attachment styles and how to kind of like cope with it on your own. And then what to do if you're dating somebody or you're in relationship with somebody that has the attach these attachment styles. So yes. how do you cope with it if you are secure and you're, mo- you're the most boring fucking person I've ever met? <laughs> I want to call my boyfriend up here and be like, Eli, get up here and explain how you manage and how you cope with being with my ass because you yes. do so good. You deserve an award. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's not much you need to do, I guess, if you're feeling secure, like you're good. You know, yeah. it doesn't, like I said before, like it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel upset or insecure or whatever. Um, but uh, you're you're managing yourself quite, quite well. You should probably feel lucky um, and good about it. And there are things that we can do, tools that we can use to become more securely art- attached ourselves. Things like, um, I think, putting effort into oneself. So, like, making time to, like, prioritize your own hobbies and friendships outside of your intimate relationship. So, um, I always, I, I love this analogy. Um, I like to think of uh, our life is kind of like a cake. And you pick your main ingredients, that things that are important to you, maybe your uh, 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 education and your where you live and your hobbies and friendships and uh, relationships with your family and um, what you do for work or financial stability, whatever. And all those are like your sugar and your flour and your eggs mm-hmm. and all the mm-hmm. other stuff that goes in cake. And then a relationship is the icing on the top. Mm-hmm. And if you were to try to take a relationship – icing mm-hmm. and swap it out for flour mm. what would happen yeah cake's never gonna rise cake's <laughs> not gonna get baked can't even do it so first you got to get all your ingredients mix up your cake put it in the oven you could still be working on the frosting and working on the icing at the same time uh-huh. like while the cake's being made that's fine but you got to have the cake and then you got to like let it cool and not like rush to ice it or else it kind of gets a little messy mm-hmm. and then it a cake, I love this part, cake without icing, still delicious. Totally going to oh, eat that. Yeah, yeah, but a true. cake with icing, a mm. little better, maybe mm-hmm. more fun, maybe more colorful, adds a little something extra. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I first, like, say you got to bake the cake. So I think that's, like, my number one tool to become more securely attached is focus on what are those things that make mm. you feel you know, I think especially for the attachment styles where there's um, like low self-worth mm-hmm. or that um, negative self-image that doing things to really strengthen you so, you know, you can be the best version of yourself and bring that into the relationship is kind of a good place to start. Yeah. I love that cake analogy. I'm going to use Thanks. that. Definitely. Feel but great. red flag if your cake turns into like a carrot cake. Right. Like, <laughs> is that your cake? least favorite kind? Uh, yeah. Do you like carrot cake? No, I don't. And okay. the last two people that I dated, like my and my ex-husband, loved carrot cake. Oh, no. And I was like, how can I? I don't even want to bake this for you. I, this will never work. I should have known. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's terrible. It wasn't just because of the cake. <laughs> but maybe it was. But maybe that maybe it was. And at the time, I was definitely trying to replace icing for one of my main ingredients. Mm-hmm. 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 Trying, you know, needing another person to validate me or right. uh, make me feel complete or yes. whatever that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so if you are somebody with um, an avoidant attachment style, what are things that you need to kind of like think about? Like, I think, you know, as with like mm-hmm. all these attachment styles, like you need to try to develop as much awareness as you possibly can to understand like when things feel overwhelming or if you're feeling triggered or upset, what is your default? If you're avoidant, you might default into like being like, I want space. I can't do this. I need to go. Um, you sort of like shut down. And if that's the case, see if you can kind of like challenge yourself just a little bit. 
to open up and stay in the moment and also kind of like ask for your needs to be met so that you're able to stay present. Um, so yes. that might mean like, hey, telling your, your babe to kind of like speak softer or slower kind of like or like let's take just sort of like a five minute break where we talk about something else or can we like just kind of like hold hands and reconnect in sort of like a physical way where it's like what do you need to stay grounded and in the moment instead of like abandoning ship and just leaving um how can you try hard try harder to like be there and stay connected so that's one way to look at it Another way to look at it is just like, go ahead and ask for your space. Like (laughs) you need a little bit of space, ask for five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. But like, see if you can put like a time limit on it of like, Mm -hmm. I will be back in 30 minutes. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And also I'm leaving this conversation because I really want to have this conversation. Right. So like, this is actually going to serve the relationship. If I can just breathe, if I can just like go take a walk, listen to music, watch TV, um, spend time with a friend, talk to someone like if you can just sort of like ask for what you want letting them know that you're coming back because you want to go ahead and like address this again you know what i mean i've referred to those as negotiated timeouts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where like let's take a timeout but we have to negotiate it first Mm -hmm. you know this is something we're going to come back to this there's a a set amount of time you can't just like disappear and you know if there are children that who's going to watch the kids and like Mm -hmm. Get yes. those things kind of worked out and yeah. have a have a plan. You know, it also helps if, you know, I've even had couples come up with a hand signal mm. for, mm-hmm. like, I need to just take a time out. I need to just have some personal space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Realizing that, like, there might be tapes or narratives in your head that where you're just like, this relationship isn't working for me. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, once again, I'm being like a letdown because I can't show up for my sweetie. So you're going to have these sort of like Mm -hmm. catastrophic thoughts of like, you're bad at relationships. See, here's proof. Like, I'm never going to be able to connect with somebody the way that somebody wants me to connect with them. Those, that's just, you're just having a reaction. You don't have to see that as truth. That's a very normal reaction for you to have if you have an avoidant attachment style. And instead of like grabbing onto those narratives and beliefs and really kind of like thinking that they are the truth, just sort of like normalize the fact that you're going to have those reactions and you'll check back in with yourself tomorrow or something, you know? Uh, So this is, that's, those are, if you can be mindful and thoughtful of those things happening, then you can have a little bit more control over these situations. I think it's also important to, to create you know, I, with clients, I always say, let's build the case and, like, let's look for our evidence. Like, mm-hmm. like we're, we're building evidence mm-hmm. to use, and especially in those moments when our automatic brain is taken over. We mm-hmm. need a lot of it and very accessible. So learning to pay attention to people who you really can trust and when people support you and when people are there for you. So you start building that evidence and, and building that mental file of like you can trust people file and when you have that then it's you know we tend to uh seek out relationships that confirm what we already know and Mm -hmm. and if we believe oh i can't trust people then we tend to find relationships with people who will confirm that belief Mm -hmm. so being able to recognize the relationships that you have with people who authentically want to give and support you will help 
to kind of push back on maybe some of those uh, mm-hmm. beliefs or those core beliefs about whether you can or can't trust people. Yes, 100%. And then there's the anxious attached folks. And so one of the things I want to say about this is that like sometimes when we feel anxiously attached, it's also sort of like labeled as like codependent. There's sort of like mm. pop psychology word of like codependent, like oh, I feel so good codependent. What's wrong with me? Um, like taking a step back, I think we need to kind of like understand that there is like a very healthy amount of interdependence mm-hmm. and co-regulation that we have with mm-hmm. people. So like if you can't regulate your feelings and your emotions or you're feeling overwhelmed or upset to lean into your partner and ask them to be there for you so that you can like co-regulate together is a very healthy, great, amazing, lovely thing. But there's a sort of like toxic individualism that we were sort of talking about before that tells us that we shouldn't rely on our partners or our families or our communities. It's a very sort of like, it's also just sort of like feels very American or white of just like, don't count on anybody, but there's lots of different like cultures and ethnicities that like really lean into community and how lovely and beautiful and healthy and fantastic that is. So I think we need to like keep that in mind because these like anxiously attached folks can like really like pathologize themselves and feel horrible, you know? Yes. Knowing how to ask Mm -hmm. is so important. You know, like leaning on your partners, um, you know, I grew up in a family where it was very much like, you don't ask for help. You don't know. You, you can't rely on anybody. I mean, the phrase that went around was you're born alone, you'll die alone, which is like mm. the saddest thing ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and so what I noticed, my family created a pattern of, of doing because everybody needs help. Sometimes everybody needs somebody to lean on to like, isn't that the fucking song we all need somebody to lean on come on (laughs) hello this is like a thing um so uh and you guys are all singing in your heads right now i know you're welcome um so instead of of healthy communication congruent communication where my family or anybody could say you know i what i really need is a hug right now i'm having a a bad day Mm -hmm. we would people do these bids for attention they these these heavy size or big like displays of whatever like a oh oh like or something where you're waiting for the other person to go is everything okay because you can't ask some you need to almost mm-hmm. project mm-hmm. this mm, i don't know like image of it's very i only noticed it a couple years ago when I saw all my family together and really like was working on, you know, um, uh, like doing family therapy and stuff in grad school. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, we talk a lot, but nobody communicates. Nobody asks for their needs. And instead we just hope somebody will say, are, are you okay? If we like heavy sigh, (laughs) that's not healthy. That is not healthy. It's not a direct way to get your needs met. It's like a, passive indirect exaggerated way to try to like maybe get your you know yeah it's no it's no good and i think people can relate to this in like maybe like a smaller way where you know you you um are frustrated with your partner for uh maybe not doing the dishes that were in so you like Mm -hmm. (sighs) 
I always say, like, I'm like, don't hate clean. I'm like, are you anger clean? I like, hate cleaning the house when you're like rage cleaning or like right. cleaning, but you in your mind you're thinking of all like, and there's always some uh, exasperated like <sighs> those noises that get made. <laughs> totally. I'm like, oh, can't do that. So I think people maybe can can. Oh, I think understand people can that. relate definitely. And so, the, like, yeah. what what you like, what would be great is if you can just sort of communicate what you're needing directly in those moments, yes. instead of doing it in that way. But it's hard to do that when you're anxious, when you feel anxiously attached, because you feel so ashamed for like expressing your feelings sometimes. But so, like, if you have an anxious attachment style, I want you to be able to like ask for reassurance, ask for validation, ask for love, ask for closeness, and do it in a way that's like very sweet and vulnerable. So instead of saying, like, you never love me, or I know you don't like me, or, like, you're never going to want to move in with me, just be like, I want to feel close to you. Get over here, babe. You know, just sort of, like, Mm -hmm. I want to feel more connected, where you're sort of, like, asking for the thing, the vulnerable connection, instead of accusing them of not giving it to you. You know? It makes me feel so connected when you Mm -hmm. hug me like that. Mm -hmm. That feels... And then remembering when you need that kind of hug to ask for that again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think a big part of the anxious attachment style is learning to self-soothe. Right. Learning to take a deep breath, look at that evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you see in your relationship? Mm-hmm. This so, person is making the decision to be with you. Right. Yes. Remembering that like they're choosing you and they love you. And you can also listen to our episode a couple episodes back about anxiety and how to like mm-hmm. get through anxiety. Cause that's going to be like really helpful for you to kind of like cope and self soothe during these times. So there's sort of like one way to go about it is to like self soothe and try to manage it that way. Another way is to like go to your partner and try to like feel connected and also just sort of like normalize all the feelings that you're feeling. Um, so, okay, let's move on to disorganized attachment. What are things that you can do if you're feeling disorganized? disorganized disorganizedly attached if you're disorganized yes, yeah sure. you know what i'm saying get a therapist <laughs> <laughs> this is one where really self-regulation and, and self-soothing yeah. is very important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's so be, trying to be thoughtful trying to understand if you can kind of like make connections to like oh I'm feeling disorganized, I'm feeling anxious or avoidant, or I'm feeling like I have trust issues or whatever it is because of the things that happened to me in the past of like, because of the trauma I went through, because of the neglect that I went through, because of the confusion with my family or my parents or whatever. And I'm sort of maybe like projecting it onto my person now, like that's probably likely what's going on. And if you can understand that that's what's going on in the moment, it gives you this space. Like you can kind of like witness what you're going through instead of being hijacked and flooded with what you're going through. Yes. You witness mm-hmm. it. That's so, and you can kind of talk through it a little more. You don't f- feel as, um, at the mercy of those emotions help regulate right. it. Yes. And you know, do you see self abandoning behavior, like putting the other person's needs mm-hmm. first or, or it more in disorganized or in like an anxious attachment style? I mean, I see it more in anxious, but it definitely happens in disorganized. Like, it's it's very much there. Um, Like, I know I'll just be everything for this one person and not care about any of my own needs and put mm -hmm. their needs first, which Mm -hmm. eventually leads to resentment and Mm -hmm. and uh, you know feelings of of 
being angry at ourselves for mm -hmm. self-abandoning. So yeah. I think remembering to take care of your own needs mm -hmm. and reminding yourself that caring for yourself is caring for the relationship mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in turn for the other person. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're kind of out of time, even though Are we Are we have... really? <laughs> No. Oh my gosh, that went by so fast. There know, is so much one. to talk about with attachment stuff. Yeah. The, the, what we also wanted to get to is like how to, what if you're with a partner who has one of these attachment styles and also like the dynamic of like anxious and avoidance finding each other, why that happens, how to move through that. So maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah, let's do a part two. Maybe we'll like uh, look in our little mailbox there mm. and uh, mm -hmm. answer some of your guys' questions on that. Yes, yes, we can do that too. Okay, Sarah. All right, friends. <laughs>